Welcome to the Strap It Down podcast. It's June 23rd. We're talking White Sox baseball. This is Suds. I'm with the Schwab. I'm with Davey P. Boys, we had quite the week. We were talking last week. We were we had a huge, huge task in front of us. We had the Astros for three. We had the Blue Jays for three. I predicted on this show that we were going to make up some ground. I actually predicted that we'd go four and two during that run. We end up settling for three and three. We're going to talk about that a little bit, but I want to start it off with the recap. Schwab, I'm going to pass it to you. What are your thoughts from this past week from the White Sox? You know, honestly, um, you know, I, again, I think we think we have this talk every week, right? It's one of those where we had a chance to possibly, possibly do better, but taking two out of three from the Blue Jays, you know, after the Astro series, a little bit of letdown. What weren't always the prettiest games against the Blue Jays, but getting out there, winning two out of three, uh, definitely a, a good step for the Sox. So, I think I think what frustrated me a bit was we went three and three, but I thought we had a great opportunity to go four and two. Two games that stood out to me. Obviously, we lost that first one in Houston. We got we got smacked around pretty good. Um, but game three in Houston, I thought just the matchup was great. We had we had Big Mike on the mound. There there was a two things that bothered me. One was not the White Sox fault. We were playing in Miska Muska Park, like I talked about last week. <laughs> Big Mike gives up two bombs. It literally, if you guys, I, I don't know if you guys follow Wooded Dong on Twitter, but it'll show you every time you hit a home run, it, it shows you how many parks. This is literally every home run in MLB. It shows you how many parks that would be a home run in. And that first home run on, on Kopech, it was a unicorn. One out of 30 parks. And the one park that would be a home run was Minute Maid in Houston. And the second one, I think it was two out of 30. So, you know, just some bad luck there playing in, in Miska Muska Park. And the other thing that bothered me, we, we actually rallied, if you recall, at the end of that game. It was a... a four three loss earlier in that game josh harrison and i I don't want to i don't want to harp on harrison too much because he's had a great week but second and third one out i think we were down two at the time and they're literally begging him to hit a ground ball just hit a ground ball they're conceding a run and harrison pops up missed opportunity there we end up losing that game we get toronto at home take the Game two of that Toronto series was probably the best game of the year for the Sox. Like the the resiliency that we showed that game was unbelievable. And then what happens in game three, it's just a total, total letdown. I, I tweeted this from the account. It was just, I think we were down seven, nothing in the fourth. Gio gave up that grand slam to Bichette. Schwab, what's going on with Giolito, man? Dude, it's one of the craziest things. We, you know, we got, we'll talk about him a little bit later. Uh, with some of his advanced stats, but I, I don't get it. It's uh, he was pitching really well this year, or pretty well this year. He went on the COVID DL, and he has not been the same since. I mean, I think he's got like an over nine ERA since he's been back. It's been rough. It's been rough. And like at least the first couple outings, it was he pitched the first three or four innings well and ran some trouble in the fifth. And then yesterday, he was just getting 
beat up all game or you know earlier earlier in the game than at least when he the previous couple times. You know, I don't think you know last year Lucas and Michael um great great gentlemen, they weren't the catalysts of the of the pitching staff. They didn't have to carry the brunt on their shoulders. Um Kopech looked real strung out against Houston. I don't know, he looked like he was a partying all night long or I mean, that, his that's kind of Kopech's look, was though, disheveled. Yeah. I, I, you actually texted us that during that game. Giolito looks like he's 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 a, a child out there. Last last year, he looked like he was a man. He was an all star. He was a top ten pitcher. He was a game changer. And this year, he looks like he's lost, man. It's, a, it's definitely the it's a confidence thing. Gio's like is real smart and like is real like you know watches his stuff and is is very like in tune with his body, you know, and like like so when he's not going right. You know, I think I think that definitely is a confidence. I think the confidence part is right. You know, he's he's trying to figure out what's going on and what where he's wrong, where he's off in his you know his movement, his work, his uh his wind up and everything. And you know, he's definitely is like analyzing shit. And when you start analyzing and you're real, you're figuring out something's wrong, but you can't you can't figure out what it is. I think that definitely gets in your head. Relating to a position where you rely on your fundamentals and your mechanics to a T you have to take the mental aspect out of it. And I know I have no idea what, you know, what they deal with on a mental capacity as a major league pitcher. But, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to rely on what got you there. And that's just pure talent and the, your knowledge of how to approach batters and, and, and how to step up. Yeah. If you guys remember Giolito, the, his first full season with the White Sox, he actually pitched well when he got called up. I think the the call up maybe it was at the end of eighteen. His first full season, he was like, you remember the billboards in Chicago? They literally the guaranteed rate billboards. They were they were basically saying the worst pitcher in the league. How you went from a worst pitcher in the league to an all star? I think with Giolito, it's when he has the confidence, he literally starts rolling, and just you could kind of tell that he's. What's weird to me is he—you could see like Giolito getting frustrated and he's like getting mad, but like that's not translating to any results at all. Where we we saw Giolito pitch against the Athletics in the playoffs and he had that look in his eye and you knew nobody was going to get a hit against him. Because I don't th- I don't think he's a guy who like relies on on like you know f- fire, right? I mean, he's no, like a he, cerebral guy. He keeps you he know, carries like he, a chip on his shoulder, and that's why he was at the top of the mountain with the nationals and he couldn't carry that stress. He couldn't carry that pressure. And they got, they dealt him kind of just like threw him to the side. Like here, you know, like this guy ain't worth it. He had a chip on his shoulder. He had nothing to lose. He came in hot and heavy. And like you said, legs, he was all over the place on every billboard. Everyone thought he was going to be the next Chris sale. And now he's expected to be that Chris sale and he can't carry the brunt. When he was in Washington, he—I mean, his his numbers in the minors were unbelievable. He—I mean, that that deal that we we traded Eaton, we ended up getting—we got Geo, we got Ronaldo, who's actually—you could argue that Ronaldo was probably the the best piece at this point, which is we got Basabe too, I think. No, we got Dunning. We got Dunning, who we traded. We flipped for Lynn for Adam Eaton and Steel Walker. <laughs> no, Steel Walker for was for Mazzara, I thought. Wasn't he? Mazzara? Yeah. It was Dunning and Steel Walker. No, I, think, I think Dunning, Lynn was, 
Or no, Steelwalker yeah. was Mazzara. You're right. So Lynn was uh, Lynn was Dunning straight up, and then we traded Steelwalker for Mazzara, and Mazzara just ends up being a bust. Steel Walker, I can't. He played that series against the White Sox, which is wild. But anyway, so past week we end up going three and three. But you know what the silver lining of that week was? Going, this is it was like Groundhog's Day. This is our fifth week doing this. I think we were five back every week. We actually pick up a game, and we are now four games back. But we got a transition. We're going to California Dreaming. We're talking the twenty twenty two All Star Game in LA the White Sox have a couple candidates here Schwab I'm starting with you who do you got from the White Sox that should be playing in LA on the all-star game I got my guy Andrew Vaughn uh you know currently betting 333 381 on base 503 slugging 884 OPS you know the power numbers haven't been great but I mean, he is really taking a huge step at the plate this year. Uh, as I like to point out to you every time he does something good, I'm like, he's making that, you know, Paulie Canerco floor uh, comment look real good. His, his floor is Canerco. His floor is Canerco. I mean, uh, you know, if he, if, that, if he can start turning some of these line drives, get him up a little bit, get that launch angle up a little bit higher, um, I think it's, I mean, it's going to be good. Like, that's his biggest issue. He's currently got like a nine percent launch angle. MLB average is like twelve point one. He puts some of the you know he gets a little more launch angle on that ball. That homer total is going to jump, and when he starts putting the ball out of the park, I mean this guy is going to be you know a perennial all star. But I think he's I think he's taking that right step right now. Um, biggest question with him is just you know if he's being compared to outfielders or he's being compared to first basemen, you know it's going to change how you're how you're judging him against the rest of the league and. That could be some you know some issues with his placement, but I think he definitely is a a guy who is right on the cusp now, and I think he's a guy who is uh, you know a minimum. If it isn't this year, it's going to be next year, and it's going to be it's going to be there for a long time. Yeah, I think Benetti talks about it a lot with Vaughn. He he, have you heard him say when Vaughn misses like and, and this is coming from a a quote from Andy himself. He says, when he mishits it, that's when he hits his home runs because he's such a line drive hitter. I think that speaks a lot to what you were saying, Schwab, with the the 9% um, launch angle where he's a line drive hitter. And I think that's why he's batting two right now. I mean, and I love him in the two spot. I think he should stay there for the rest of his career. Um, but he's not going to be the guy that hits 45 home runs. But he might be the guy that hits 320, 330 with a 400 OBP, which – I'm not going to complain about by any means. Right. So I, I like that call. I, Schwab, I mean, you laid out the numbers. We got to get Andy in the all-star game. The, the guy is absolutely terrible. Every time you check a box score, the guy is, he's got three. How many times has the guy had three hits the last month? It's been unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Not only has he been doing that, but he's been doing that playing. How many different positions has the guy played? It's literally absurd. It's like Tony... I think Tony had him playing second the other day. It's just the guy, he, he's doing everything that is asked of him. He's still producing at the plate. Um, Mush, I'm passing it to you. California dreaming. Who you got? Just to, t- just to tickle on that Andy, Andy Vaughn situation. I guess um, Benetti dropped a line a couple days ago that Vaughn's 
stat line across the board in the first 180 games in his career is better than Vladimir Guerrero Jr., which I did. They do that? Did they do the swap meet with Vaughn? Yeah, I must have missed that. Um, it was a couple days That's ago. Usually- I was flipping through my phone. I, I took a picture of it, but it was yeah, the first 180 games. Vlad Jr. or Vlad Senior? Although the Vlad Jr. and Vlad Senior numbers are eerily similar. All right, well that's that. I mean that that's got to get you pretty pumped up as a White Sox fan. Yeah, absolutely. Considering you know, we, we don't expect much of him in terms of like being a top five guy with the talent that we have. Thank God that he's playing the way he is because right now he's a, he's one of the uh, one of the mainstays in the in the lineup. But uh, all right, I'll jump into my guy here, Uncle Mikey, um, Uncle my Mikey. California Dreamer. Um, and you know what? He's he hasn't been that impressive across the board, but Dodgers first. In the NL, six innings pitched, eight Ks, one hit, got the W. Turns around, plays the Yankees, first number one team in the AL. Seven innings, six Ks, one hit, got the W. He's 15th in war in uh, in the league. ERA just about Big 2. Leagues, point- he's 15th in war? Yeah. ERA is uh, 2.3, just above that, and his whip is under one. Um, but the guy's electric, you know, and, and he comes to play, you know, he, like I said, he's a little strung out against the, the Astros. Um, I, okay. I, let me, let me jump in there real quick. Right. I'll let you get back to your, your push on Kopech. Tickle me here. I, after, so you texted us that he, he looked strung out. And then literally after, literally right after you texted us, did you see him banging the dugout? Yeah. He he literally took like a right. He said it was his elbow, but it looked like it was a right hand. Like he was fiddling with his man bun rubber man for like five minutes, and they were they were they had it. They were showing him, and I'm like, this is sad. This is like he looked like he was like you know when like the girl's throwing up and she's got her hair all in it, and it's like it was just one of those situations. Like just we don't want to see this right now. It was just bad. All right, I interrupted you. What, what else do you got on Big Mike? Nothing. I mean, it, so he's got 30, what, 56 total innings, 30, about 30 hits. I don't know, man. I just think the guy's electric. The fans love him. He's a he's a White Sox favorite. It's only a matter of time before he's a top 10 pitcher. Um, but he he's a game changer, and I think that he'll be there. He'll be a mainstay. He'll be... He'll carry the brunt in the brute because Giolito's falling apart. And I think by the end of the year, everyone's going to be like, yeah, that's right. He was an all-star because that's how good he's going to be when that time comes, when we get to that that fall run. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think, I think Mike's got to be in L.A. for the game. He's been it, – it's very obvious he's been our best pitcher this year, been, been the best starter. Unfortunately, he missed a couple starts. I think I, I don't know. Um, I think they rested him. We talked about it. He they, he was taking ten days of rest, and then he had that start where he had to leave in the first inning. But aside from that, the guy. I mean, if he was just getting consistent starts every four or five days, and he was able to build that confidence, the guy's already got numbers that are top ten in the league. Imagine what he could do with some consistency. No, I mean, Kopech is 
has really been a revelation this year. You know, I think taking that step from the pen to the rotation, you know, there were some questions, some question marks. Um, didn't get stretched out quite as much as I think we had all had hoped in spring training or last year for that for that matter. Um, so, you know, he came into the year and you were, you were hoping his first few starts he would go three or four, um, kind of developed into a five-inning guy. He's had a couple starts of late where he's gone a little deeper. And he's really pitched his best um, for the most part against the best teams, which I think is what you're asking for. Yeah, so I, I think I think we're all in agreement. Mike's got to be there. I don't know if he will. I don't know if he's he's pitched enough innings. We'll see. I, I think – it's going to be a tough decision. I, I hope he's got he's a borderline guy right now. He might have a couple more starts left before the game happens. So hopefully he's lights out and there's some recency bias from from what he shows. So we got to we'll get see. these got to get right. these Sox fans on MLB.com and cast their vote for the All Star. Yeah, put Uncle Mikey on that. Yeah, hundred percent. We, we, <laughs> we got to right now the great segue into my All Star pick because. This is probably the most obvious one on the White Sox. He's one of our, was it, Jose was an all-star last year. One of three, two or three. I think Lynn was an all-star and Liam. Timmy Anderson, the guy, I know he missed a lot of time, but he's the best shortstop in the league. I don't care what anyone says. He just keeps hitting. All he does is hit. And right now he's second to Bogarts in the vote. I think that's right. Is it Bogart? No, he's second to Bichette. To Bichette. Oh, my God. Second to Bo Bichette. Which is, I mean, that's a shame. That's an absolute shame. You look at their numbers, Bichette versus Tim, it's not even close. So he he can't lose that starting spot to Bichette. So White Sox fans, get out there, start voting. We got to get Tim to the All-Star game in a starting spot. So... Just so you know, it, it kills me not to be talking about Louis Bobby right now because... We all know where his career is going to go. Number 88 is going to be a phenom for years to come. Um, I just, it stinks to not be able to, to just stand up for him and say, this is the, this is our guy. I'm disappointed. That, it's a great segue. Next segment, I got a bone to pick, and I'm leading us off with this one. I got a bone to pick. And you know who I got? To lead us off with, I got a bone to pick. Your boy Mush, Louis King Louis. Did you guys watch what happened yesterday? I sent the link. The problem was it was a seven nothing game, and <laughs> a lot of White Sox fans stopped paying attention. But it was runner on second. Uh, no, our runner on first, I think it was, and sixth inning. He, he hits a line drive. The left fielder dives and completely misses it. Ball goes about 25 feet. Luis Robert jogging out of the box. Literally stops at first and only gets a single out of it. Just uh, absolutely ridiculous. Listen to the call from Steve Stone. St- Stoney was on the score this morning. He was fucking pissed. Stone, I, Stone literally like is Mr. PMA, Mr. Optimism, Optimist. Sounds familiar. And he was he was dogging Luis, which was well deserved. He said he 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 gave a great example of Bobby Cox when um, Andrew Jones was dogging it on a fly ball, and Bobby Cox benched him mid inning 
I think Tony needed to do something like that. I think Tony ended up benching him. He was bl- he, so here's where I'm at, and I, I I am pissed about this whole shit. But like t- Tony benched him, and I don't know if I I don't know if he actually just took him out and like didn't say anything to him because at the, at the end of the game he was blaming that his legs were sore with the media. Robert was. But, yeah, well, Robert's not playing tonight because his legs were hurt. Yeah, but I didn't know he was complaining about it prior to that. Well, the, 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 here, here's my thing. Like, did Tony bench him because he wasn't hustling or was he hurt? Because if he's hurt, just put him on the IL. Like, I, I'm tired of this shit. Like, literally everybody on the team is hurt. And, and they can't. It, it's unbelievable. I'm tired of every game. It's It's something else. It's like yesterday angle leaves the game running the first on a foul ball it's like can we can somebody jot down on a piece of paper how many players have been injured running to first base this year it's actually wild you'd have to have a really big piece of paper because it's it's ridiculous Uh, whose fault is that dude you don't have half the team get hurt running to first base there's got it are we not stretching before games I don't understand. I mean, like, I, you know, I hate to, I think some of it's got to be just, you know, plain dumb luck, but with the amount of injuries we've had, I have a hard time feeling, I have, feel like you have to play something on the training staff. Yeah. I, well, didn't we, it, it's funny you say that. Cause I think we fired the training staff and we're having, we're dealing with the same shit this year, but I, you know, it, it's just well, they got rid of Alec. They got rid of Alan Thomas, who was the strength coach, and his son. Remember Snyder's been gone for a couple of years. Who was the trainer? We we got to bring back her. Yeah, his son's awesome. Yeah, Alec. Why why didn't the White Sox draft him? I'd like to see who we drafted over him. He was. He was a first rounder. I thought maybe maybe your second a, rounder. I think he was a first comp pick. Yeah, or he was on the first. Like that sandwich pick. Who's our trainer? I, uh, I played. I coached against that guy when he was in high school. He was in football. He was a freak. So uh, anyway, so here, I, I get a bone to pick. I'm tired of the. Uh, here's the other thing that I'm just so disgusted by is the lack of hustle, and it goes back to the Robert thing. I would have, I would have pulled him out, but then it, Robert's not alone. It, it was so freaking obvious that Blue Jays series. The Blue Jays would hit a base hit up the middle. Roberts jogging in the ball. Hazley's lobbing the ball in. They're taking extra bases. The Blue Jays catcher took an extra base on a base hit up the middle. It's literally unbelievable. And when the White Sox hit one off the wall, we're like jogging at first. Yeah, but it's hold like on. Every- Let me ask you a question here. How many games did the White Sox win out of the three-game series with the Blue Jays? We won two out of three. Right. So but- if you play every series to win two out of three – you're going to put yourself in a great that, situation at the end of the, end of the that, year. But that's my problem, though. I, I, you know who wouldn't play to win the series at two out of two out of three is Bill Belichick. I, I would, if I if I could replace Tony Larusa with somebody with a coach right now, I would. I don't care that Bill Belichick knows nothing about baseball. I would rather have him manage the team because if we won the first two games in a series, Bill Belichick would literally take. Our very best team, our very best lineup, and he would put them out there in Game Three because he would want to s- step on their necks. 
I mean, I think what you're talking about, Nikki, and this is kind of my my argument with a lot of it is, is it's I am process over uh, result, and Larusa is very result driven. Like I don't care. Like you're gonna make the worst call, worst move, and it's gonna work sometimes just because I'm playing dumb luck. But I want I want the process of the decision making process to be as strong as possible because I think that's the only way you develop. You know, you develop those winning habits. You develop those winning maneuvers. Um, you give yourself the best chance to win when your process is sound, as opposed to being result driven. Um, you know, and your a bad process happens to work, and then you go back to it the next three times, and you you lose all of them. Well, it worked that time. Well, yeah, it worked that time because of luck. If your process is sound, you're going to be you have a much higher chance of sustained success. And that's it's the blackjack theory. Anyone could win a blackjack hand, but did you give yourself the best chance to win that hand? And that's what I, I it's like Tony, it just it literally, he's, he's literally the drunk person at the blackjack table. I can't stand it because like you, he, he'll just make a fucking dumb move. And if it happens to work out the 20% of the time, he'll be like, oh, that's why I'm a hall of famer. It's like, no, dude. You actually made a fucking horrible decision, and it just happened to work out this one time. It's what? How about just the simple fact that maybe Tony Larusa doesn't know what he's doing, and he's just rolling with the punches, and he's trying to figure out the personalities in the dugout, and and he's kind of just hanging his hat on his resume and and trying. I mean, who knows what's going through this guy's head, dude? He's had enough time. He's in. A year and a half now. He he knows the players. I, I'm I'm cutting him zero slack. I, it's like this game tonight. We're losing four nothing to the Orioles. The, the the guy literally threw out a triple A lineup, and what, what Robert Robert's not playing. Sosa got called up. Sosa didn't get called up to fucking sit on the bench. All right. You don't call up a 22-year-old prospect to sit him on the bench. That is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. The guy needs at-bats. Rick, there's clearly a disconnect between Rick and Tony because the fact that Sosa was called up and not in the lineup and is not... he. There's only... You could argue that there's only a number of days that Sosa's going to be up. It's probably when Mankata gets activated. Well, now Harrison got hurt, but again... It, it, it literally <laughs> the fact that he's not in the lineup is fucking blows my mind it, it's the dumbest shit i've ever it, it doesn't make any sense at all there's no logical explanation you could give me the guy didn't play yesterday i don't i don't want to hear that he needs a day off he, he had a day off so put him in the lineup let's start making fucking smart decisions so we could turn this thing around Who would you who would you bring in to replace him if we had to make a change? Uh, I think that one's hard. I think baseball is is weird, where there's not like a, a tried and true method of you know of coach. Um, and honestly, I feel like of all the made sports, like the baseball manager matters the least. Um, so I don't know if there's like a, a slam dunk hire. I mean, I I would. At this point in time, like if you let him go in the middle of the year, I think you just promote Cairo from from bench coach to manager, um, and you kind of roll with that. But like, could you bring in Ozzy? I don't know. Honestly, I 
Uh, I think Ozzy's probably done. Um, you know, I, I I feel like there's a very high chance that the next manager of the White Sox is AJ, which which is <laughs> that sounds about right. You know, but like, uh, right, that would be very White Sox. I'm um, not against that move. You know, I I don't know. You know, I, I don't know if there's a, a necessarily a, a a great method of it. I you know, you've seen some old guys who did well. You've seen some young guys who've done well. Um, I personally was in favor of Bud Black the last time. I thought he would have been a good hire if you wanted to go with an older guy. He has managed more recently. He's had a, you know, he's won with multiple teams of re, of recent. Um, you know, I think Bud Black would certainly be a, a strong option. But you know, you've seen you've seen good managers do well. You've seen guys who are considered bad managers do well. You've seen all kinds of stuff. So baseball's weird in that where, in that way. Where are we at right now with this? Are we picking bones here? What's going on? Because like. I'm going to dive into this Adam Hazley kid. Who's this Adam Hazley kid? Yeah, yeah. well, I want to hear it. You got a bone to pick. Let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, it's one man's trash is another man's treasure that we don't want. I don't know. I mean, why don't we just bring up Yolbert? Is it Adam Hazley or is it a Tony issue? No. Like it's- Adam Hazley trying to call up for uh, for the three days that you get to cover the time. But don't start him. Don't start him half the games. And put him in left field when he's played. He's probably played fifteen percent of his games in left field. All right, so we got you know. You got me. No, hang on, because you got me really fucking mad now because Tony Larusa fucking puts Hazley in left field in Game Three against the Blue Jays, where you need a fucking sweep and step on somebody's throat, and fucking instead of AJ Pollock in left field, it's Hazley, and then. He pulls his shit with Mendick where he doesn't call off on a fly ball that you should learn how to field when you're in high school. It's absolutely ridiculous. Hazley had no business being in Game 3 in the Blue Jay game. He had no business being in Game 3 of the Astro game. And I, I'm fine that he's in there, you know, that he got called up, and maybe throw him in for a plate appearance here or there in a game that's pretty much over, right, to just get his – get him on the field a little bit, but why are you starting? He doesn't need to be started. Pollock doesn't need a day off. Why does Pollock need a day off? Right. Pollock literally couldn't have been, he couldn't have been colder in April and May, and he's finally just ripping the cover off the ball, and now he's getting a day. Why? Why are you sitting the guy in the middle of a hat streak? I don't understand. It just, it drives me absolutely insane. It's like fucking Tony sitting there and picking shit out of a hat. And you, you cannot afford to do that. Maybe you could have afforded to do that when we were up 12 games in the division last year, which I'm a firm believer. We missed the home field advantage by two games. And we had to go to Houston, and we all know we can't win in fucking Houston. Pollock, Every game mattered. Pollock was a grinder with with the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. You know, he was like that Scotty Pods. If you're in, he's, he's in great shape. The guy's a runner. He covers ground. Those guys don't need days off. Not when you're heating up. Everybody, yeah. Why do these guys need a day off every three days? It's wild to me. I I don't fucking understand it. It drives me absolutely insane. That these guys are playing baseball with spring training, and you play. You're working two hundred days out of the year. It's not like you're working three sixty five days of the year. I go on the tangent with Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken would be disgusted. This is 
it is it's disgusting it's apples i i I have no other words i was sick to my stomach with how many guys are not hustling how many guys are injured with leg injuries they can't run the first these lineups it's like when when you're a professional athlete playing baseball basketball football your job once you you know once you top 28 29 30 years old is pretty much just to stay in physical condition to be able to keep up with the rest of the league you're you know that talent level that's that's you're in a prime stage in your career these guys i mean what do they do they have to just have to run every day in the off season i mean i'm just kind of stacking onto your point legs like come on we're, we're talking baseball no, i agree it's <laughs> it's not football I understand football injuries. I mean, I, I understand baseball injuries to an extent, but I, I I can't. I just I can't handle another guy getting injured running down to first base. Like enough is enough at this point. We're all right. We're we're transitioning. We got Schwabby metrics next. Schwab, enamor us a little bit. What do you got for Schwabby metrics? We're gonna go with the curious case of Lucas Giolito. Um. You know, looking on Baseball Savant, like his K rate is in the 78th percentile. His whiff rate is in the 86th percentile. But dude is getting hammered in everything else. He's got a bottom 6% percentage in barrels. Like he's getting killed. People are barreling him up constantly. His expected ERA is bad. His expected batting average is bad. His average exit velocity, he's getting killed on that. He's getting the ball's getting hit on him hard. Um, you know, it's really it's been crazy. And, you know, I think like a lot of people try to make the point that, well, when they outlawed the sticky stuff last year, his his spin rates changed and he did well after that. Like he had a couple starts where everyone did. There was a Twitter thing going on tonight. It's not a sticky stuff issue. No. So like, and that's the thing that I, that's, you know, where like I'm seeing the, the K rate and the whiff rate still being high, you know, leads me to think that there is, is still some hope. Um, but dude is just, he is getting barreled and he is getting hit hard right now. Um, you know, the launch angle isn't crazy on him, but where is it? Uh, you know, the exit velocity is up three miles per hour from last year. His barrels per plate percent, pay, per play, his, he's getting, so last year, his barrel percentage, right, which is, you know, guys were hitting it on the sweet spot, on the, sweet spot on the barrel, you know, he was getting barreled up 6.7% of the time last year, which is like the MLB average. This year, it's at 12.5. You know, I think what they're seeing, you know, a lot of the talk is that his fastball velocity is, is dropped. And because he doesn't have that little extra giddy up on his fastball, people are able to sit on his changeup more, um, sit on the two the two variations of his changeup, and they're really able to jump on it. You know, but then at the same point in time, he's throwing his changeup significantly less than last year, or not significantly, but a good bit less than last year. So he's you know he's he's his fastball uptakes up, his sliders is his sliders going up, and he's kind of dropped. What's the slider? It's just what. Schwab, what's a slider percentage year over year? Uh, so like, so yeah, in 2020, his slider percentage was 14.7. In 2021, it was 21.5, and it's 24.4 now. His changeup is 23.6. So he's actually throwing his slider this year more than his changeup. So this, so okay, so like going back, 
we like really look at Lucas and the evolution of Lucas Giolito, right? 20, what was it? 2018 was his first year with the Sox where he was awful. That was when he had the 6-1-3 ERA. The next year, they had the 2019. Right. 2019, his ERA was 3-4-1. 2020, 3-4-8. 2021-3-5-3. All right. So we're looking at this from 2019 on, which is basically when he became a good pitcher. All right. So from 2019 on, his fastball percentage peaked at 55 that year. It went down to 56, 50.6, 43.9, and it's back up to 47. The same point, his changeup was 26.2% of the time in 2019. It peaked at 33.7 in 2020, dropped slightly last year to 31.8, and this year he's throwing it just 23% of the time. Well, the slider really was 14% of the time in 2019 and 2020, picked up last year and this year it's the second most thrown pitch all right we're gonna transition let's get pickled mush i'm starting with you what do you got for us for let's get pickled well i'm gonna call this one let's get relished relished. (laughs) heading into the dog days of summer i'm gonna bounce around with my uh favorite hot dogs in the chicago wind area um and this was a tough decision because, you know, there's a lot of good hot dogs out there. I was thinking about that earlier. I don't – what do you got? What do you got, Mush? My number three is going to be Superdog. Um, you love Superdog. Superdog made the, the burger list too. Yes, it did. It, it did. Um, for various reasons, Superdog is going to be my number three. Number two is going to be good old faithful Genie and Jutes. <laughs> Okay. We know why Gene and Jude's. No ketchup allowed. We don't have any ketchup on our hot dogs here, um, for those uh, <laughs> who aren't aware of the situation. Um, my number one is going to be – it's a new addition to my list. Um, trying to find what. <laughs> you don't have your number one ready? So, so good he forgot the name. <laughs> That must have been a good hot dog that you had. Well, were you were you checking Google list before? No. You're gonna you're gonna go off the five star to be your number one. My number one is Thirty Fifth Street Red Hots, down by Sox Park. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. S- All same right. approach as Gene and Jude's. Um, got the onions. I mean, let's not forget about Old Faithful back when the cell was cooking up the best brats with the grilled onions and the mustard and my old faithful the hot dog lady <laughs> she was R. a gem man r.i.p r.i.p yeah so uh i don't know that's my three for the wrap-up it's gonna be uh super dog genie jude's on grand avenue up north and then old faithful 35th street red hots so um, i that, well, all right, well, shout out, shout out to the hot dog lady. God hot bless dogs, hot dogs, an absolute legend. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. It's uh, so my that was great rankings, Mush. When I was thinking about it, I only had two. I had Gene and Jude's as number two, same as you. But my number one was the Vienna beef stand with the grilled. 
at 35th and Shields. You can't beat that. So I don't know if I ever told you guys, but my, you know, one day when I could retire and hopefully have enough money where I could just throw it out the window, start my own hot dog stand, Nikki's Dogs of Chicago. So here, here's what I'm thinking for Nikki's Dogs of Chicago is basically would be like the Chipotle, the, the hot dogs of Chipotle. Like you walk in, right? And you get an option. Do you want your, do you want poppy seed bun? Do you want a steam bun? Whatever you want. Do you want your, do you want your dog grilled? Do you want it steamed? You pick how you want your dog and then you could dress it however you want. They already have that. Well, no, that's one option. No, they already have that place. uh, No, relax. It's called Mush's Dogs. It's it's almost (laughs) coming up shortly. (laughs) So that's one option. But the other four are you get one that the Comiskey, the Comiskey dog, which is grilled just how you would have it. All Vienna bees, just how you would have it at the cell. You'd have the Gene and Jude style with the fries on top. And then. You'd have Chicago style. You got to throw in the Chicago style. And then I think the last one would be like a, a Merck's cheddar dog. Ooh, I like that. What do you think? I had a Merck's th- cheddar dog uh, for, for dinner tonight. <laughs> it's actually, I uh, Schwab, Schwab I, just saw your, I just saw your eyes, your eyes light up. Well, that was actually, that was, that was dinner tonight. Courtesy of uh, Snappy Dog. Yeah, I mean, Jim's original is phenomenal too. I do, you know, and there's just so many hot dogs out there that are just dialed in, man. You could, we could do a whole segment on that. Whole, just a whole yeah. podcast. So, all right. Well done, Mush. Well done. Um, my Let's Get Pickled Twins and Guardians. We're currently, are we four and a half back now? We're four and a half back of both teams. I don't know. I I go back and forth. I think at this point I'm more worried about the Guardians because I trust their pitching more than the Twins. I want to get your guys' thoughts. Who 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 do you think we should be rooting against more, the Guardians or the Twins? Dude, I mean, I go I go back and forth. Right, the Twins tormented us for so long in like the early 2000s. The the Cleveland baseball team. Has tormented us more, a more of late. Yeah, um, Josh Naylor game. Cleveland definitely has the pitching. Twins are probably better at play at the plate, but you know the pitching is what scares me. Um, you know, I I'd like to think our pitching will figure it out. We'll get a couple bullpen arms, and we'll be in a little better shape from that angle. Um, so if you can shut us down at the plate, that's when I get more nervous. And for whatever reason. We continue to pitch the Jose Ramirez, um, and you get guys like Josh Naylor who decided he wanted to be the the new version of, uh, you know, former Sox killers of of yesteryear like Ryan Rayburn and Ryan Rayburn, Justin Morneau and players like and uh, Nick oh, Punto, you know, Punto, all those guys. Well, McKenzie's finally pitching like a number one again. McKenzie's and then Shane Bieber's the best pitcher in in Central, maybe even in AL. I don't no. know. I think I think Bieber's washed. What what's what's velocity on Bieber recently? He in the beginning of the year, the guy could barely throw. He could barely throw ninety two in the beginning of the year. Bieber, his like I think his advanced metrics, and I'll confirm this, uh, are down, but his his stats have still been pretty good. He's still averaging nine and a half Ks a game. 
All right, I, I gotta look into Bieber more. What what's his average velocity on his fastball? Wait a second here. Because I uh, I mean he 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 never threw that hard, but I I remember when he was thrown against the Sox that doubleheader, he was throwing like ninety one, something absurd. Yeah, he's not. His velocity has gone down. Let me get the velocity. Uh, this year he's only throwing ninety ninety point seven, uh, which. He taught his best was in 2019 when he was throwing 93.1. 2021, he was throwing 92.4. So he's down, you know, 1.7 miles per hour on his fastball. Yeah. Um, I mean, from that's, last year. That's fine. I, I, I no, agree that's, with you. That's great. But like the guy's 27 years old. He didn't lose that's it. That's a big drop off for 27. Yeah. Usually you're going up. The Grom like went up a mile, power, uh, a mile per hour every year. <laughs> Seems like every year. That's probably why he's hurt. He he might be juicing a little bit, but yeah. So he's relying more on his slider this year, um, which is a change from last year. He's pretty much dropped. He's dropped his curveball significantly. Uh, he's dropped his curveball almost twelve percent of the time, and his, his slider percentage has gone up fifteen percent. So he's relying. Fastballs fastball stayed pretty consistent the last two years. So uh, to me, I I don't know. It's tough. I I think I, I think the Guardians. What a terrible name, by the way. Like the fact that we got to say the Guardians is a fucking should have been, right. been the Spiders. <laughs> this, but, uh, to me, the Guardians. Like you look at their lineup and like Jimenez or Jimenez. I, I don't know how you pronounce the guy's name. The 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 second base journeyman. The guy. It has like a 900 OPS. I think I think the Guardians are gonna just hit like a, a a 30 40 game streak where they just can't hit at all, and I think they're gonna get ice cold. So I don't mind. I mean, they've been so hot. I think they've won like 16 out of 20 or something like that. But I I just don't trust their hitting. The Twins, I don't trust their pitching. The White Sox are clearly the like most balanced and talented team, and just. We have Tony Larusa managing the team, which the guy. I mean, can we just can can we grow him into the retirement home somehow? Can we just the fact that I know we've had a lot of injuries, but if you look at if you stack rosters, it's not even close. And maybe we got some guys underperforming too, comparing to like a Josh Naylor. It's just. I don't know. It's been tough to be a White Sox fan. It's it's even like, you know, we're recording right now after watching us lose four to nothing to the Orioles. The, the Orioles pounded us tonight. I mean, what what do you what do you say to that for a team that's we've been building for the rebuild for years? You you can't lose you can't lose a game like this to the Orioles when their pitcher he's been pitching decent this year but last year the guy he, he couldn't get anyone out it's just it's too much for me man I, yeah but he's gonna be good against a triple a AAA lineup i mean that's the facts yeah well yeah exactly and that's why you can't fucking be throwing out triple a lineups yeah but if we stay within five in the division I, we're, we're gonna stay within five dude so what so we barely make the wild card and then or we barely win the division and then we go to New York and get swept out of the Yankee Stadium. You, you have to approach the regular season like you're going to approach the playoffs, like you're going to approach the World Series. 
You have to have a killer mentality. There is no killer mentality anywhere. You can't sniff a killer mentality in that dugout. Jose it, it, Jose Abreu is like the closest we have to like just trying to grind and win ball games every day. The guy refuses to sit out. So Xander Bogarts, Alex Cora tried to sit him yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw the story. No. Alex Cora tried to sit Xander Bogarts. He walked in the office and he said, I'm not sitting today. Does anyone on the White Sox do that? Jose. But just Jose. Jose. One player, Jose. You think you think Yohan Moncada is doing that? We know what Yohan Moncada is doing. He's going to towel. There's just there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues, right? And it's one of those where they they started to put the pieces together to to be a contender, and they didn't finish the deal. Right? They got a lot of good pieces, but they didn't they didn't make those necessary signings and and maneuvers they need to do to put them really over the top. They didn't safeguard against the injuries that you're seeing this year. You know, if you're if you're going to be that high quality team, you're going to have better depth in AAA, which is which is part drafting, which is part player development, which is part you know those under the radar free agent signings. They didn't do those things. Um, their forty man roster is is a mess. Every active every every hitter on their forty man roster. Was either in Chicago or on the D or on the IL right now, like it's insane. Um, they've had a, a horrible rash of bad luck with injuries, and whether you want to say that's bad luck, whether that's training, whether that's you know whatever the case may be, um, it's reality, right? Uh, Eloy's finally bad start his rehab stint again. Um, you hope you're going to get some of those guys coming back, but the the fact of the matter is like that the roster just isn't. The roster is stronger than the AL Central, sure. Or most should be stronger than the AL Central, but it's one of those things where they haven't done enough to maximize it. And you know, you see it on Twitter, like constantly. You see the James Foxes and the Josh Nelsons, and you know, and the the Patrick Nolans. You know, they're making the comments that you have to safeguard that roster against Tony decision making, and it's just not. You know, he does too many things that are erratic and that we question, and it's just one of those. You know, you're you're. You need to, you need, to, we had, I think we had this talk in our first podcast, Nikki. You know, you almost have to do the Billy Bean thing where you go in there and say, dude, guess what? You're not playing him. No, I control the lineup. Great. You do control the lineup, but he's not on our team anymore. So you can't <laughs> play him. Like I watched that movie yesterday and I turned it on like right at that scene. It was just, it was amazing timing where he goes, just, I'm, you're not starting Carlos Pena today. What do you mean? I'm, I, yes, I am. Billy, we went over this. I control the lineup. You do control the lineup, Art. But you're not starting Carlos Pena. He's like, we're gonna do this again. He goes, Carlos Pena was just traded to the Tigers, I think. <laughs> you know, okay, uh, so it's like, okay, can we hire funny, Brad Pitt as our it's manager? It's funny that you bring up the Billy Bean situation because the A's are at the bottom of the barrel, and I would love to go get Frankie Montas and Christian Pache for the for for a playoff run. I don't think you're gonna Pache. Pache's young. What about Loriano? Loriano, I'd want to see his contract situation, but let me let me actually pull it up. Razor, Razor, Ramon. I mean, Ooh. I don't know if an outfielder. Who do you give up for Montas? You know who they want for Montas. Give them whoever they want. They want Lenin. Well, Would you do that? that? That's your problem, not mine. 
Would you do Sosa for Montez straight up? No, but I would. I would. I would demand. Schwab, you're, Schwab's struggling with that one. Here's here's my issue. They still got another. They got Loriano control has one more until year. 2024. And Montez um, has one more year, I think. Yeah. The the issue with the Sox is it like let's just go around the let's go around the horn, right? You're probably not going to trade major assets for a catcher because the the reality is Yasmani's on a big deal and Yasmani is is going to have to be the catcher. You're not going to trade for a first baseman because you got Jose there who's actually producing fairly well. And if we don't if we choose not to re-sign Jose at the end of the year, that's where Andrew Vaughn slots in. Second base is a hole of all holes. I would trade for anybody who is a good second baseman. You're not, you're obviously not adding a shortstop with Timmy. Are you adding a third baseman with Yohan and Jake there? Maybe, you know, maybe. I think ideally your outfield is Eloy going from left to left to right. You're going Eloy, Luis, Pollock with Vaughn at DH. I don't know who if you if you if you acquire Loriano and right. Perfect scenario we're talking about with that health. There's always that chance that one of those guys is out and you can play one of them there. Um, you know, but like I, I don't know if you necessarily trade for that. Is Loriano assuming health, which you know you can't assume, but is Loriano a huge step up from Pollock every day? I, I don't think I think Pollock and Loriano are better at the plate than Pache is. But Pache is a top defender, and I think that's what we need. Well, they're not trading Pache. I mean, they're not trading. Like, that's not going to happen. Why? Because he's, he's young. But he's super young, and you're the you're the Oakland A's. You don't spend money. A guy who you have control of for the amount of years they have control of Christian Pache, you're not trading. Who did they trade to Atlanta for Pache? Dude, that guy stinks, though. He can't hit at all. I feel like Olsen was in that deal. Oh yeah, I, I think mean, also Pache was. is controlled until twenty twenty seven. You're not yeah, but Pache can't hit. He can't hit. The guy literally can't hit. But we Look can, at we can play him for Eloy. You, you know who in. you know who Pache reminds me of? Mush? Is I, Vic, Victor Robles. Okay. Pache is like a, a carbon copy of Victor Robles. And Victor Robles is a guy that I wanted the White Sox to trade for so bad during the rebuild. I was actually mad when we cut the deal with the Nationals because we didn't get Robles in that deal when we got all those guys that we named off earlier. And Robles, the guy, Robles, the, the guy might be the best fielder in the league, but the guy literally can't hit his weight. It's like Pache. They, they, those guys can't hit. At all. Dave, you were right. It was the Matt Olson deal for Pache. It was the uh, it was an offseason deal, right? Uh, I believe so. Okay. March. I think Montas is the guy to get. However you want to sprinkle in the other guys to, to, to bolster our depth, I think that's the move. I mean, I wouldn't mind just another starting pitcher. To me, it depends on the cost. Um I think they'll want a Sosa, they'll want a Colson Montgomery. I, it's just too much to give up. Speaking of Colson Montgomery, have you guys seen what this guy is doing in single A? He's ridiculous. He's on a 31-game on-base streak, I think. 32. The guy is his first full season out of high school. Yeah, that's great. Talk to me when he's in triple A. Dude, what, what he's doing right now is like Fernando Tatis Jr.-esque. 
for how young he is. This oh, guy, we'll slow, slow down, <laughs> dude. Well, Montgomery probably not as young as what Tatis was. He's got to be what twenty. Yeah, he's right? nineteen or twenty. Nineteen or twenty, dude. The numbers that he's putting up is, you know who's you know who's a good comp for Paulson. They talked about they they did this a lot during the draft. Is Corey he's, he's, he's twenty real quick. Twenty. Corey Seager is a good comp. I think that's I think that's that's really accurate, Nikki. Not a not a Bregman guy. He's from he's from Indiana. I didn't even know that. Well, this guy is like Montgomery is like six four or six five, I thought. Right. Lefty he's, lefty he's a bigger hitter. lefty lefty hitter. Shortstop. It's just like Corey Seager to a T. Twenty twenty two overall in the twenty twenty one draft. Dude, they they hit on that. Who did and the, I think the Cubs took um that kid they took from Ed Howard. Howard and he's I think he might have got hurt. The, the Sox, that dude, that was a hell of a pick by Hunt. Colson Montgomery. I know we got nobody in the top hundred. Colson Montgomery can get you a stutter right now. I'm telling you, people are salivating over Colson. Colson Montgomery is going to be in the top one hundred when they do the next update. Schwab, you got Colson's numbers up right now. Uh, let me go back let, to Schwab, it. Schwab, let me get a let me get a baseball it. reference on Colson Montgomery. I was checking the other day. Uh, I'm the, not on Baseball Reference. I'm on MLB.com, but currently. The, the, Colson is batting 324, tri- triple slash line, 324, 424, 476. That's a 900 OPS. Uh, he's got 12 doubles, four bombs, 26 ribbies. He's walked 26 times, K to 42. That, that K to walk ratio for a 20-year-old is unbelievable. Right. What's his OBP? A, OBP of 424. Are you kidding me? Yeah, through forty-five games. I mean, it's it, that guy needs to be moved to uh, yeah, Winston Salem. Winston Salem, no doubt. That's so. The question: If you're a con and you're going all in these next couple of years, do you dangle him? Because because Colson uh, could get you talent. Colson can absolutely get you talent. You know, I I I don't, I don't think it's probably as close as White Sox fans would like. But a lot of the talk on Twitter of late has been the the Jazz chiseled. All right, we, are see, we gonna go, that, see, we're gonna go to the jazz talk? These guys are fucking delusional. No, the Marlins are not trading jazz chisel. Are you kidding I me? I agree. Um, if they were trading them, I would give them Colson Montgomery. They're they're not trading jazz. Are you kidding? They traded Gallon for jazz. That Gallon deal still was was uh, a shocker. But no, I mean, I think the Sox, the Sox have had some guys who are finally starting to produce, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, both like the Sox new top ten list when they update that, and then I think you'll see Colson in that MLB top 100 for at least a few publications. Yeah. Well, it's better than seeing coming soon when you pull up their top prospect. <laughs> Dude, Colson's gonna be, he's gonna be in the top 100. That guy's a stud. Sosa. Sosa bypassed. You know what though? I I've said it before. It's not linear with a lot of these guys. That you don't have to be in the top hundred. There's a there's plenty of good like all star baseball major leaguers that were not in the top hundred. Oh, for sure. If they could play, if they could play a supporting role. They don't need to to carry a team or come in and make a splash. Then that's a game changer. And if you could bring this guy in. In September, why not? I mean, I, th- I think that's the 
I don't know if they've got anyone who's going to make an impact this year. You know, most of their most of their top guys are in double A or below. You so, know, your so. guys in AAA who are doing the best are, you know, like Romy is your highest rated prospect in AAA and Yulbert. And I don't think either of those guys are – those are guys who would be, you know, depth pieces and kind of fill in. What uh, about my guy, Tyler Nesloni? Dude, he, the, guy's, the guy's not even a prospect. Yeah, cool. but look at his I mean, numbers. Look, what about – Whoa, 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 whoa. Mush, ahead, before you get started, Schwab, Schwab, pull up Tyler Nesloni's numbers. No, no, no. I, I mispronounced his name again. It's Nesloni. Nesloni. I, I was I was listening to a Birmingham broadcast the other day to make sure I nailed were. the pronunciation. Yeah. Tyler 20, Nesloni. 28 years old. That's fine. 226 fine. I, passes I've this seen year. Plenty. I've seen plenty of 20-year-olds be Betting successful. 314 with a 387 OBP, oh, it's... a 958 OPS, Nine... 10, right. 10 bombs, 14 stolen bases. And how old is and... he? 28. Okay, that's so that's fine. like that Zach Remillard kid I was looking at too. Yeah, he's, right he's yeah, I, 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 I've been following him for a while. I, I got, I'd rather give Nestle a shot. I, he could be like a Whit Merrifield. Why not? I, I, you know, like Sheets came up today, right? Like, why not get? I, I, you get you got forty man issues, I guess, right? Because you got to promote to the, him to the forty man. But you got like a guy like Parker Markel, Markel, Parker Markel on the forty man. There's it, a lot of guys in the forty man. The forty man's a disaster, like you said, Schwab. It's an yeah, absolute it's disaster. All right, so we're gonna transition. We got just did the let's go pickled segment weekly look forward. So. You know, I was I was all pumped tonight. I thought we were gonna smack around the Orioles. They they took care of us pretty easily. Tony trots out the Triple A lineup. Just disgusting. Absolutely, just I, what what can you say at this point? We lose game one. We get a four game set with them. I, you got to win three out of four with the Orioles. And now we now now you got to win the next three. You, you got to win the next three, which is just super frustrating. If you win today, you would have had Big Mike tomorrow against. I think they're throwing a guy who's got like a seven ERA. He he hasn't he hasn't thrown five, I think, all year. So you would have set yourself up perfect. Kyle you know, Bradish with a seven point three eight ERA. That's what I say. That's what I'm saying. And you got against Kopech, you know, and Tony Tony decides to throw game one. It's just it's just what what can you say? I, I literally I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this podcast off later i'm gonna go throw up in the toilet because i'm just so fucking sick to my stomach about it i can't handle it anymore so game two if you don't win game two tony's probably gonna be trying out fucking leary over sosa i digress so we gotta we gotta (laughs) we gotta turn around the positive vibe so we gotta take three out of four from baltimore and then we go on the west coast which, the Giants. Yeah, we got we, we got, got the LA, Angels, and the Giants. A- Angels, Giants. Uh, Angels have been struggling. They're bad. It's just, I don't know. You could have run into Otani. We suck historically on the West Coast. It's tough. It's tough road trip. Yeah, Kopech is currently uh, lined up to face Otani on on Wednesday, Game Three of the of the Angels series. See, this is what kills me, though, right? We have, we, we got to go to, 
LA for the Angels and then San Fran will probably get Rodon, which I don't hate a matchup against Rodon because he's a lefty. As of right now, Carlos is not scheduled to face the Sox. Interesting. Okay. So it's just like it, it kills me because well, why are you trying out a lineup like tonight? Like you just get your easy wins, you know, like to take care of business. And then like you, if you sneak two out of three on both of those series on the West Coast, you come home happy. But when you have four at home with Baltimore, three out of four is the minimum. It's the minimum. You can't, you cannot split with Baltimore. You can't do it. It fucking drives me nuts. I And this is like Tony, the walk of the living dead. The guy doesn't even know where he is. It's like, can he just like forget to call a cab in the morning, please? Schwab, talk me off the ledge, man. I think the thing you have to always consider is, you know, like the, the managers, maybe not the manager in this case, but you know, the front office guys, the, the, the coaches, you know, they may know more than us, you know, maybe Luis has got legs barking more than normal. And we're trying to get him off his feet. Everyone's got legs barking, uh, right? You I know, get it. I get it. You know, what's but like, barking? Again, like, you, you know what bark what's barking my whole fucking body when I'm trying to walk to the train in the morning to go to my fucking nine. But here's the difference. Thing. I don't care if you pull a hammy walking in the train. Luis pulls the hammy walking front to first base and he's out for a month. Now we're in trouble. You're thirty three years old, Wags. Yeah, I'm fucking thirty three. You weigh a buck twenty five guys- soaking wet. <laughs> these fucking guys pair. are twenty five. With your briefcase. You know, I, I carrying bricks in that thing. I retired from uh, touch football three years ago because I pulled a hammy. But at least I was thirty. These guys, Grandal, Grandal, literally was fucking. He's practically walking to first base, and the guy pulled a hammy. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Yaz? I literally could have fucking ran backwards faster than Grandal was running to first. So I guess I haven't done a good job talking off the ledge, huh? <laughs> hot dogs, hot dogs. All right, Schwabi, Schwabi, go. Yeah. I mean, you got you got you got Kopech, Lynn, Cease going up your next three days. Um, I think that is the best possible situation for your three. Um, you know, you got to hope for some for some good luck out of the pen. You got to hope the bats awaken, which they've been doing a good job of of late. Um, you know, and again, like LA, the angels, they're a hot mess. You know, I don't know. Maybe they've been a little better since, since, uh, man, has been gone, but I mean, shit, Otani had eight ribbies the other day and they lost. Uh, <laughs> How you do know. you have eight? Imagine right. having eight RBIs in a game and you lose the game. You lose. This is, do we, do we dare talk about the angels again? It's like what a, what a disaster they are. I mean, it's the only you know, team like, that makes me feel better about. Otani went like eight ribbies, and the next day he had like twelve Ks. I mean, that guy's a he's it's ridiculous what he's doing. But like, and they're still managing not to to win games there. Giants is gonna be rough. I mean, again, West Coast isn't our strong suit. Typically, they're good. They're a very smart ball club. That's you know they're uh, they're kind of almost you know that that raise Dodgers advanced thought they're taking guys who have been okay and making them a step better. You know, they're really, really doing a lot of stuff there with smart signings uh, and getting the most other guys. So you hope you can, you hope you can win the next three against Baltimore. 
You hope you can tread water against LA and San Fran. If you all come back from that three and three, you know, I think that's a, probably a win. And then you got Minnesota, Detroit, Cleveland. You have to make your hay there. Like those are games you have you have to win your you have to win your division yeah. matchups. Absolutely. You know, that's gonna that's what's gonna come down to. Yeah, those I I mean that's a good point, Schwab, because we got sixteen against Minnesota left. I think we got uh, we're one in four against Cleveland this year. Two of those games that was the doubleheader when Leary was batting third for both the games. <laughs> um so that means we have 14 left with Cleveland, I think. Uh, you, you said it exactly right. I mean, it, it's going to come down to if we beat those teams head-to-head. If we take care of business head-to-head in the AL Central, we're going to win the Central. It's so after after San Fran, you have a three-game set at home with the Twins, a four-game set at home with the Tigers. You go to Cleveland for four. You go to Minnesota by four. By Sunday, July 17th, which is the yeah. game – Game four of the of the last Minnesota series, you're gonna have a much clearer picture of what this is. Is that um, the All Star? When's the All Star game? It's uh, a really good question. Is it is that in the middle of that, or is that at the end? It, it, I feel like the All Star game is usually on the fourth. So, Schwab, that's a uh, that's a great point. July nineteenth. So that will bring you right to oh, the All Star I mean, break. So, so we're. There's going to be a lot of clarity at the All Star break. I mean that that that's the most important stretch of the season, hundred percent. Right. If Tony, Tony, Tony can't be trotting out the lineup that he trotted out today. I mean, I mean, who was who was seven eight nine tonight? It was Leary, Zavala, Harrison. It was, was Sebi, Lurry, Harrison. What do you even say to that? I mean, I but like again, at the same point in time. If you're not having Luis in, right, which we can, you know, again, I think we all like to see Luis in, but the reality is you're looking at regardless of who we're playing, your 8-9 is going to be some combination of your second baseman and catcher, which Sosa is the only one who you have any hope in um, to, to really give you much. But, I mean, Harrison's been swinging a hot bat of late. So I was thinking that, and I tweeted this um yesterday at at right when Mendick got hurt, I tweeted about Sosa's stat line and how he should get called up and then they should platoon Harrison and Berger. Which I think needs to happen, right? Like Sosa needs to start every day. I, I think it's very obvious, right? Like you don't call him up and not start him every day. That's why I was so like the I woke up today, I had so much energy and then the like one thing after another Tony, the lineup comes out, Mendick with a torn ACL. It's just like, can can we just not shoot ourselves in the foot every time? So so Sosa is not starting. You get Harrison at second, Berger at third. I, I think going forward, like split your time between Berger and Harrison. If you want to DH Berger a game or two, that's fine. And I think maybe Abreu's, him being shook, shaken up a little bit has something to do with it. But going forward, like, it, Robert's got to be in the lineup. If Robert's not in the lineup, put him on the IL. Okay, it, like, it, these guys, like, I, I don't want day offs anymore. No, no more day offs. If you need a day off, go on the IL. I'm, I'm done. I'm completely done with the days off. 
I don't. There's enough days off during the season where you don't need to have one every third game. So figure it out, Tony, because every time you do this shit, you're putting us at a significant disadvantage, and you, the the guys can't get in the rhythm. You can't go on a run every time you get some momentum. You're thrown out of the lineup like tonight. You lose four zero to the Orioles, and then you're back where you started. I'm just I'm gonna tell you right now, Nikki. That's not gonna be the case. They don't have they have one off day um, from here on till the All Star break, and they got a doubleheader on the twelfth. So I think you're gonna see more of these questionable lineups at least a couple times. If Unfor- gonna... Unfortunately, but I think that's gonna be the reality with the fact that they're, you know, they're only off days between the Angels and Giants series. Which I don't know. Well, it... Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to put the team on my back, and I'm going to carry us into a PMA approach to close this sucker out. <laughs> Tony LaRusso. I'm not doubting the guy. I know we bash him. My PMA is a simple quote. The beginning of knowledge is the discovery of something we do not understand. <laughs> and I am just going to hang my hat on Tony LaRusso and say, this guy knows something we don't know. <laughs> go Tony go alright alright I like the segue mush we gotta talk PMA I've been too negative the last 15 so we're closing it out let's let's take a step back Schwab good point on the consecutive days so I, I think you, there's gotta be sprinkled in something, right? You you can't you can't just probably play the same lineup every day. I think you could probably play the same lineup more than Tony will, but if you sprinkle in a Larry, you sprinkle in a Hazley, the the guy's gotta bat eighth and ninth, right? Like if you're gonna do it, do it right. So uh, that's that's what I'm asking at this point. So do what you gotta do, but just stack the lineup well. We control our own destiny. I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive here. We 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 had probably a, one of the toughest six game stretches that we had last week. We picked up a game in the division. We got we control our own destiny ahead of us. We got the Twins, the Guardians, a combined what is that? A, a combined thirty times the rest of the year. We take control of that. You know, a couple months from now. We're gonna we're gonna be talking about how we were, uh, how I was off, yeah, how you uh, were. on the ledge, yeah, and you guys talked me out. So you know what? A couple weeks, my my wife's due with baby number three here, in two weeks, and when that baby comes out, I want that baby to not know that the twenty twenty two White Sox were in third place for the division. So that's what we're gonna shoot for. When this baby is born. The White Sox will be in first place, and there's no looking back. Schwabi, what's your PMA? Oh, I think that's a, I think that's a good one, Nikki. I think we'll, we can kind of go with that. I think Eloy, Eloy started to hit again in Charlotte. Uh, hopefully, that means we're, you know, we're going to get him back shortly, and we can start to see some guys return. Hopefully, and and not, not, not every time one returns, we lose another one. So hopefully, we can start getting returns and, and not having guys going the other way. It would be nice to see Aloy hitting bombs on the south side again, wouldn't it? That that is that would be a, a beautiful sight, and it's gonna come soon. I think we get the All Star break, he gets some extra time. It, things things are gonna be looking up. Mush, 
great segue. Give me some closing thoughts with some PMA. Hot dogs. <laughs> no, we just got to keep it rolling, man. We we have the talent. We're not healthy. It's the Schwaber metrics went uh, went to attack full mode today. You know, we just got to pull it together. Stay positive. All right, I agree. You you guys kept Nikki Tilt centered. You know, I I, I get I I've coined the nickname that I'm on Tilt when I watch these White Sox. I I I, I walk a a thin line and sometimes you can't give yourself it. your own nickname that's not how it works no i i didn't johnny says gave me this nickname i didn't give myself this nickname so <laughs> nikki, tilts, nikki tilts is getting a little more balanced with a pma segment gentlemen well done tonight we're looking ahead if we got we got three with the orioles right we're, we, we gotta take we gotta take the three we gotta take the three i think we will Kopech is going to dominate tomorrow. We're off to the West Coast. Let's do some damage on the West Coast. And then, as Schwabi alluded to, we got the most important stretch of the season into the All-Star break. I'm looking forward to the things to come. Thanks for listening. We're going to catch you guys next week, and hopefully we'll be closer than four and a half.